So welcome into this new edition of the Calling Audibles podcast, and it's actually just Collins and Big O. Uh, just me and Big O. Owen hasn't had the time recently, so me and Big O are going to pick up on the slack and are going to start our own podcast. Excited, excited. So to start off, let's uh, let's recap the 2017 season as much as it may hurt. Yeah, we had a lot of highs and lows there. First eight games of the year, we were on fire. Dak looked good. Everything was going smooth. And uh, Roger Goodell <laughs> kind of put us put us in the ditch there. Yep as as soon as uh, as soon as Zeke got that suspension, it seemed to halt everything, and we just lost all our momentum. Well, I think it really well. Zeke was one thing, and then Tyron got hurt. And Sean Lee couldn't stay. Sean Lee Sean couldn't Lee. stay healthy either. And apparently, according to the reports, Dez was never healthy all season. He's got tendonitis in his knee. Yeah, I heard that's, that too. And somebody that's dealt with that, that's more painful than what people realize. It's not exactly easy to get out of bed every morning, much less run routes and jump. Right. And to go through all that and still finish with a winning record, nine and seven. I mean, most years nine and seven makes the playoffs. Exactly. The thing that kills me about our fan base is they act like the world is on fire. We finished nine and seven. We were missing the best player on the entire team for six of those games. The fact that we still finished nine and seven shows how good we really are. Exactly, and as we've talked about, Zeke covers up many of our inefficiencies on offense, and that was pretty obvious through those six games. Well, the one good thing that comes out of it is, yeah, it's disappointing we didn't get in the playoffs. I honestly think by looking at how the playoffs unfolded with no Aaron Rodgers, if we would have gotten in the playoffs, if we would have snuck in at 9-7 and seven there, we would have been in the Super Bowl playing Brady. I mean, honestly, I, the Case Keenum-led Vikings and the Nick Foles-led Eagles, I mean... Yeah, Zeke would have ran all over those teams. If Scott Linehan would let him. <laughs> that, that is the problem, but I think that this year, the 9-7 and seven and the disappointment from it, you've seen all the changes that we've made. And no, for all you fans out there that are like, oh, they've still got Garrett, they've still got Linehan, nothing's changed, a lot, a lot has changed. They didn't go to the senior bowl practices yesterday because they stayed back to study how every other team in the NFL runs offenses, which I don't know why they didn't before. All they really need to do is watch the Jacksonville game, implement that playbook for Dak, and we'll be good to go. Exactly. I mean, uh, Jacksonville made J- Blake Bortles look like a superstar. Oh, I mean, against the Patriots. I mean, that's not easy to do against a Bill Belichick-led defense. Exactly. And to me... Bortles is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Dak's got a ton more talent than he's got. So, I mean, if they can do that with him, the weapons we have on offense, I think we'll be fine. You're going to see a whole new offense this year, in my opinion. It's going to be more Dak-friendly, which I don't know why it wasn't before. I think it wasn't before because they could just dump it off to Zeke and he could do his thing, and it made the rest of the offense look good. It didn't matter that Dak wasn't completing passes – 15, 20 yards downfield, you didn't have to because you didn't have those situations. You didn't have third and longs because Zeke on first or second down was getting chunks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they took away that Zeke screen this year, and they took away a lot of the short passes that made Dak look so great his rookie year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, teams study tape 
which every team should do. I don't understand the Cowboys got kind of complacent. I think they thought that Zeke was going to be there for all 16 games, so they didn't have to change the game plan. And then when he eventually was suspended, they didn't know what to do. Lenahan was lost. I mean, you can't have a quarterback like Dak. I love the kid. People take what I say on Twitter and think that I don't like Dak Prescott. I do like Dak Prescott. But you have to have an offense that Dak Prescott can run. He cannot run a Tony Romo offense. Tony Romo was an elite passer of the football. Dak Prescott is not. Dak Prescott is not even remotely elite as a passer. Exactly, and we're trying to make him pass from inside the pocket when we should get him on the outside because you see him on the run. He hits guys better on the run than he does standing in the pocket. Even the NFL announcers, I can't remember what announcer it was. I think it was the game that the Eagles thrashed us. said that Dak is the best on the move of any quarterback in the NFL. So why not keep him on the move like the Jaguars did with Blake Bortles against the Patriots? I think uh, I think Linehan needs to go back and watch his Mississippi State tape to see see what he did there because he used his legs, he got out of the pocket, he made incredible passes on the run. And we watched that this year when he did it on his own. It wasn't play calls, but I think you need to roll the offensive line out and Dak beside it. I mean, he's so much better outside the pocket. Absolutely. He, he needs to be on the move constantly. My thing this year, and Dak himself drove me crazy, which I'm sure he's getting coached to do this, he would have lanes for seven, eight yards for chunks of yards, and he wouldn't run. I was screaming at the TV. I'm like, Dak, you have a wide open field in front of you. Run the ball. Use your legs. Yeah, he almost tries to like show everyone, I'm a passer. I don't need to run, but it's like if – if it's there, you got to take it. Yeah, you got to take what the defense gives you. And no, son, you're not a passer yet. If you quit doing all these commercials and all that stuff and work, he's going to be a good passer. I think he has the work ethic, but I also think that he gets caught up in the hype a little bit. Every time I turn on the TV, there's a new commercial, a new endorsement deal. And I understand that. Kid, get your money. But you got to earn your right to stay in the NFL as a starting quarterback. Yeah, Tony Romo earned it. Dak was basically given it. Yeah, and I get it. I get why he's doing all these endorsements because he's only making five hundred thousand dollars a year league minimum. But he made his money last off season. I think this off season he's really going to progress, and I really hope that Linehan figures out how to use him and Zeke both. I honestly think after last season, people are going to be shocked with how good the offense is going to be next year because everybody's seeing the headlines. Everybody's seeing all the trash talk. Dak's going to come out on fire. The offense is going to look completely different. We will have Zeke for 16 games. I think we're going to reverse roles with the Eagles, almost like they did with us last year, where everyone going into the season is talking about how good the Eagles are, and they're going to have sort of a down year. They might slide into the playoffs. I'm not saying we're going to win the division. They still might. But I'm saying I think the Cowboys, everyone's going to sleep on them at the start of next year, and I think they're going to shock a lot of people. I think we absolutely make the playoffs. I mean, there's no question about it. If Zeke's healthy, Zeke stays. My problem with is like even last year, and we've talked about it personally, I don't understand how Dak Prescott got rookie of the year over Zeke. Exactly. Like, we've talked about that so no many times. It, it doesn't make any sense. Zeke is the one that made Dak do that. If If Zeke wasn't there, Dak might not even have a job because he could have looked so bad last year that we decided to move on from him, or we'd still have Tony Romo. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got – he had a good year. It was efficient. But that's from people that just look at stats. They don't watch the game. His yards were all dump-off passes to Beast, who turned it into big chunks, or to Witten. I mean, it was nothing downfield. Nope. All right, so uh, let's move on to our next topic I have here. Uh, the Cowboys hired former Seahawks defensive coordinator Chris Richard, and he will end up working his way up from the defensive backs coach to likely defensive coordinator when Marinelli's done. What are your thoughts oh, on that? Oh, man, this one I'm pumped about. I I didn't think we would do it. I'd seen the rumors, and I was like, man, that would be – got to understand, he is the Legion of Boom. Like Richard Sherman, I don't remember what round he was drafted in, but he was almost a nobody when he was drafted. Nobody thought that guy was going to be as good as he is because he didn't have the speed. Look at what he turned him into. Look at what he turned that whole defense into. Yeah, and Byron Jones making the switch to cornerback, that's really going to help having him help in that process. That's going to be huge. And to me, that's that was Byron's best position anyway. He's got the speed. He's got the height. He just needs to put in a position and let him progress from there. Quit moving him around. He was never going to be a great safety because he's not one. He's not a hard hitter. He does tackle. He's a solid tackler, but I mean that's not his thing. I mean, and think about think about that lineup, especially. I mean, we're getting the Seahawks defensive coordinator, so especially if we can reel in Earl Thomas, who desperately wants to be here and the Seahawks are kind of entering a rebuilding stage so they might give them up for not that much they're saying the asking price right now what I'm seeing rumors from uh, Dallas Cowboys insiders and Seattle insiders is that they want a third and a fifth to me I'll do that all day every day I'll do that in a heartbeat because you know he wants to be here he's going to sign a long-term deal as soon as we trade for him that's another thing is they're saying that it's not about money. He just wants to be home. So he would sign a long-term deal just to keep us a contender. Yeah, and I and mean, honestly, we signed Earl Thomas. We are contenders, not just playoff contenders. We are Super Bowl contenders. Yes, think about that secondary. At cornerback, you've got Byron Jones, Jordan Lewis, Chido Beawuzie, and Anthony Brown as our fourth cornerback. <laughs> yes. And then safeties, you've got Xavier Woods, Kayvon Frazier, Jeff Heath and Earl Thomas. That's absolutely stacked. It's, it's unreal. People talk crap about our defense for years. The last eight games of this season, if you paid attention, like other than the Eagles game where we got killed, but it wasn't really their fault. The defense played ungodly the first half. We just couldn't do anything on offense. Yeah. Our defense was one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, it was. They were in the top ten the last eight games. I think that 2017 draft is going to go down pretty legendary for the Cowboys, and not necessarily the first. I, Taco's going to be good, I think. He showed a lot of progression. But late, the later rounds, I mean, Xavier Woods in the sixth round, we got Jordan Lewis in the third. All those guys I are going to be really solid players. People talk crap, which I, I've got to where I either just mute people or ignore them because I have no clue what they're talking about. They talk about Jerry needs to give a team up. We need a better GM. What are what kind of crack are they smoking? Our draft the last five to six years has been the best in the NFL, and it's not even close. We have gotten so many great guys in the late rounds, it's not even funny. Anthony Brown was not a first-rounder. We, we got <laughs> Dak in the fourth round. <laughs> exactly. You got Dak in the fourth. You got Anthony Brown. Noah like Brown. said this year... Woods, Cheeto, 
Jordan Lewis, who we got late, he was going to be at least. He was a supposed lot of to be. Bucks a, had him in the first round. Yeah, he was supposed to be a top twenty pick until that battery charge came out, but he was end up. He wasn't guilty. So. I love the fact that we have GMs and people. People think that Jerry Jones is a GM. Jerry Jones has nothing to do with the team now. Yes, he is the microphone. He is the mouthpiece. He is the one that says stuff that you don't like sometimes. But he is the not the one running this organization. Stephen Jones is running this organization and Will McClay. Yep. They make the observations and they pick the players. Yeah, exactly. All right, so on to our next topic. Uh, Des Bryant des- declining to take a pay cut, and he is supposed to make $16.5 million next season. That's a huge hit to the uh, salary cap. Well, I have a few thoughts on that. <laughs> one, he's going to end up taking a pay cut. There's no question about it. After hearing what Jerry has said, and more so what Steven has said, he's going to take a pay cut. He's going to wake up and realize, and they're going to give him some incentives down the road. Hey, if you come back to your old ways, you're going to get your money. But we're not going to pay you that this year. You haven't been yourself in two years. But the other thing that, as everybody says, Dez is washed. Dez is far from washed. How many passes just the first game of the season did Dak miss him wide open in the end zone? I know of three. He was completely open. Dak misses him on back-to-back slants. I mean, your receiver's only as good as your quarterback. you got to put the ball where it needs to be. Marcus Mosher on Twitter posted a stat. He comes up with the craziest stats, but he does study the film very good. 50 uncatchable balls thrown Dez's way. Wow. That is insane. Yeah, and a lot of people just focus on his drops, which, yeah, he had a lot of drops. But a lot of his drops, a lot of his – a lot of those drops are sailed over his head where he gets two hands on him, but it's just a horrible pass when he's wide open on a slant. I can remember three or four of them just like that. There's one in my mind, the one that was thrown behind him about 90 miles an hour. It yep. came out of Dak's hands like a duck. Yeah, I And think... I was like, he was supposed to catch that? Are you kidding me? Yes, what? he got two hands on it, but it's his athleticism that he was able to get two hands on it. I want to say that was the Oakland game, I feel like. It was. It was. It was thrown... He was coming across the middle and it was thrown like a back shoulder across the middle, which I've never seen in my life. And, I mean, it did get picked off, but he got blamed for trying to make a play and then got blamed for a drop. Jerry Rice doesn't catch that ball. No. And uh, what I can't understand is, yeah, last year Dak had all those short passes, but he was at least accurate on them. He couldn't even hit a screen pass by the end of the season, like accurately. He was throwing it at their feet, and I was so confused. I was like, Dude, you were so good last year. I think that Atlanta game really got him shook. He was never comfortable again after that game. His confidence is definitely shook. He, he just got to get it together this offseason and get to work. That's true. That Atlanta game sacked six times by the same guy. <laughs> yeah, that to me, that was that's on us. I mean, you don't let that happen. You put somebody over there, that's on coaching. Yep. All right, so we're going to get into our Twitter questions and then uh, do any final thoughts we have. There's a lot of uh, right. a lot of interesting Twitter Twitter questions, so we're going to address those. Good old Twitter. <laughs> um, can you answer if there might be a way we can draft Calvin Ridley? He is a special player. 
Well, me and Big O discussed this. Uh, he disappeared in the last national championship game, and we don't believe he's worthy of a first-round pick. I'd like to take a wide receiver in the second or third round. There's, I'll go ahead and squash this for everybody on Twitter. There's absolutely zero chance that we take a wide receiver in the first round. All right, next question. Big O, Big o squashed that one. Uh, next question. What are the chances DeMarco Murray signs as the number two back from Alejandro Tamez? There's no way that happens because, I mean, DeMarco Murray wants to be a number one back, and he's we don't have the money to Not pay to what we he don't wants. need him. <laughs> right, we don't need Rod Smith is going to be a great number two back. Rod Smith is just fine where he's at. All right, next question from Joshua Crisp. I saw somewhere that the third year in Linehan's offense will be a lot better. Thoughts? Also, how do we utilize Switzer more? Uh, I completely agree with him on Linehan. I think the offense is going to be much better. And I was mind-blowing all season this year that Switzer wasn't more involved in the offense. To me, and this is just me personally, I cut Beasley and save the money and or trade him and start Switzer, and that's how you get him more involved. That's a very bold statement. I'm a big Cole Beasley fan, but honestly, for salary cap issues and everything, I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to it. He's a great guy, great player, but that's how you get Switzer more involved. It saves us some money, and it's a position to where we can do that. I mean, it's not going to kill us to cut him and save that money. Yep. All and right. Switzer showed week 17 that he can step up and be the man. Oh, for sure. I mean, all but that bobbled or all but that dropped punt against the Rams that pretty much lost the game. He had a great season. He absolutely did. All right. Next question from Josh Moss: What positions and/or specific players would you like to see targeted during free agency? Definitely. Uh, well, Earl Thomas isn't a free agent, but we're gonna trade for him. Do you have any specific free agents in mind? Um, I'm with the Jones. On this, I don't want any free agency. Um, I think you build a solid team in the draft. It keeps you good financially. To me, the teams that spend this big money on free agents are the ones that down the road have to scramble to stay under the cap, and they end up being irrelevant. The Eagles, folks, the Eagles went on their little run this year. In two years, almost every player they have's contract comes up. So There's no way yeah. they can repay all those guys. Yeah, I, I don't want to be in that situation. And if anyone is wondering, we have $18 million free in cap this summer, but we have Demarcus Lawrence and Zach Martin that we need to re-sign. We'll probably, I've seen a lot of places we might tag uh, Lawrence. Well, Stephen Jones said yesterday that he's doing everything he can to sign him long-term and Martin long-term. So if we lock both of those guys up this offseason long-term, that would be huge. That and would... then like we were talking yesterday, Romo's money comes off this offseason. Dez. Dez actually comes off. So 20... we're going to be in really good shape next year. 2019, we have 70 mil free in cap, which is going to be nice. We might be able to get at least one free agent then. <laughs> That's true. But I think if the draft lands out the way it is, we'll just sign the guys that we have. Yeah, win from within. That's what, to me, that's the way you build a successful team. You just, honestly, the Bill Belichick way. You build in the draft and you turn guys that people don't want into superstars. And trade for people that no one expects to be good. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he got James Harrison. The Steelers were done with him, never even let him play. And he made a huge impact in the Jacksonville game. Yep. All right, next question from Uriel. Um 
Kellen Moore the right man for the job? And if Dak has the same type of season last year, who gets the blame? Um, I think Kellen Moore's a good man for the job because, honestly, Dak looked good at the beginning of the season when Moore was on the roster. And what I say is those who can't do teach. Yeah, and Moore's whole family has been coaches. So, I mean, he comes from a coaching family, and everybody within the organization talks about how smart he is. And even Dak himself said he would love to have Moore as the quarterback coach. So, I mean, how can you argue with that? Give the kid what he wants, and if it doesn't work out, it's on him. A lot of people blame blame Moore, or blame us for uh, having Moore as the quarterback's coach. But I don't get it because it's like, yeah, he wasn't that good of a quarterback, but do you see any of our other coaches that actually played in the NFL? No, he actually has experience playing in the NFL. Most coaches don't even play. Yeah, he has experience, and it's not like – I mean, no, Kellen Moore didn't really work out in the NFL. He doesn't have the body structure. Kellen Moore in college was an elite quarterback. He was great at Boise State. He almost won the Heisman Absolutely. that one year. Um, would you agree that going into the offseason, the biggest potential need is at linebacker? With Lee and Jalen's health, Hitchens a free agent, and Wilson's lack of development, I think linebacker is glaring at the Cowboys. Yes, also we need to re-sign Anthony Hitch- Hitchens. I didn't uh, mention that earlier. Um, I, I could take a linebacker in the first three rounds for sure. To me, I kind of disagree with the question in a way. Well, what's he talk? I'd have to ask the guy, whoever asked it. One, Jalen is now 100% healthy, so I'm not sure why you're mentioning his health. And at the end of the season, Jalen was on fire. Um, he, I mean, he caught a lot of flack from fans. They're like, man, I wish we had Miles Jack. I don't. Jalen, one, is great off the field, and he came on strong at the end of the year and is going to be a better player than Mac is. I agree. So, and we definitely need to get Hitchens back. That's a big, big thing. And Wilson, to me, I disagree with that one, too. Wilson, to me, played well. Yeah, a lot of people talking about that. Uh, they wish we would have taken Miles Jack and Jalen Ramsey over Zeke. And I'm like, no, we would have been 4-12 and 12 at best We're last the year. without Ezekiel Elliott. Exactly. He covers up so many of our problems. People that say that, they just, I mean, it's the flavor of the month. How many of them said that last year when we were 13 and 3? Exactly. None. Nobody said that. They want to say it this year because the Jags went on a run. And how many people are going to say it next year when the Jags are irrelevant because Andrew Luck's back on the Colts and Deshaun Watson's back on the Texans and they don't have four cupcakes to go through? Exactly. They had nobody. And everybody talked about how great that defense was. Yeah, that defense was great when they were playing the Tyrod Taylors of the AFC. They still gave up like... Burger tore them apart. Yeah, I was going to say, they still gave up, what, 39 points to the Steelers? Yeah, and then a third and 18 laser from the GOAT, Brady. I mean, that defense is not that great. Jalen Ramsey, to me, is not that great. Nope. All right, so let's... He has a huge ego. Yeah. Uh, let's conclude it on our Super Bowl predictions. I think we know where we're both going with these, but I'm gonna say oh, absolutely. I'm gonna say Patriots by seventeen. Uh, Patriots by seventeen. Uh, that's hard to argue with, but I think it might even be worse. I think we're gonna have a repeat of the 49ers San Diego Super Bowl of I think 1994 when it was like 55 to 14. Oof. The, the Eagles just aren't even on the same atmosphere as the Patriots if they had Wentz honestly I would pick the Eagles 
Wentz would make them – that's another thing. That's a topic we need to get on on a pod one time. It's because a lot of Cowboys fans hate on Wentz. I hate to tell you, but he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL already. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the guy too. He seems like a really good guy. I hate saying that. I like the fact that he's a big Christian. Exactly. So. That's what I like too. All he tweets is Bible verses and stuff. He just seems like a really good guy down to earth. He doesn't deserve to be in Philadelphia. I'll say that. Yeah, Philly does not deserve him. That is the worst fan base ever. Some of the stuff I've seen those fans doing, there is no way I would ever pull for them to win a Super Bowl. The best thing, though, is that – did you see that guy run into that subway pole? Yes, that was great. <laughs> I'm I'm saving that back for if they lose to the Patriots. Oh, it's happening. There's I don't see it. I mean, I'll eat my words if they somehow shock the world and beat New England. But I just don't see it unless they get a cheap shot on Brady early. Or a cheap shot on Gronk like Barry Church gave. I just don't see it. The only reason I can see it is because, you know, I'm a big Ohio State fan. And in 2015, we lost both of our starting quarterbacks. And who comes in? Cardale Jones. Weren't expected to beat Alabama. Weren't expected to beat Oregon. And we ended up winning the national title. True. And to add to that, people were trashing Nick Foles. Nick Foles at one time was one of the most coveted free agent quarterbacks in the entire league. So it's not like he's trash. Exactly. He just didn't work out with the Rams. I mean, yeah, and nobody was going to work out with, with the Fisher. Rams. Exactly. But the fact is, I mean, Nick Foles is, is an elite passer, and people laugh at that. And I'm like, study, study what he's done when he's been given the opportunities, other than being with the Fisher-led Rams. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for this podcast. We're likely going to be back in about two weeks. We're going to try to do a podcast every couple weeks until the draft, and then we're going to get into our weekly. And then after the draft, we are going to go back to two week, every two weeks. And then once next season starts, we'll be back to weekly. But we're going to try, try really hard to keep this up and going. Sounds good to me, man. Let's go, Cowboys.